This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Afternoon and welcome. If you've been driving today, you have certainly seen higher gas prices as the new federal carbon tax takes effect. It's costing an extra four and a half, five cents a liter to fill up, and that's just one of the places that you'll be paying more. Home heating is also increasing, as well as other fossil fuel, and we'll undoubtedly pay more for products like food as businesses start to pass on higher costs. The federal government says consumers will come out ahead because of the rebates we'll get when we file our taxes. According to the government's number, the average family will pay $244 in extra costs and receive just over over $300 back. Well, do those numbers work for you? The numbers here to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. As you know, the Ontario government opposes the tax and is one of four provinces taking Ottawa to court to challenge it. So right now, let's go to the Minister of the Environment, Rod Phillips. Hello. Good afternoon, Libby. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you don't believe the government's numbers on those rebates. Explain, please. Well, we don't, we don't believe the government's numbers. And frankly, most people don't believe that when a government's going to tax you, they're going to put more money in your pocket. Um, but we also don't understand uh, the government's approach because unlike the federal liberals, we've put together a program that fights climate change but doesn't involve a carbon tax. So uh, we just today, Libby, is a good day for Ontario drivers because we cancelled finally the Drive Clean program. That was a program that everybody admitted had been long past its due date. It was $40 million that was costing drivers and millions of people having spent hours getting lined up for, for a test that even the leader of the Green Party and the former Liberal Environment Minister said wasn't working. But it was a, it was a kind of uh, program that, that, that wasn't working. This carbon tax is another thing. It's, it's going to be a tax on everything. Uh, as you said in your lead-in, it's uh, almost five cents on gas, seven cents on diesel, and that's just the beginning. Um, our Financial Accountability Officer says it'll be $648 by 2022. And, uh, and and again, back to, you know, what, what uh, Minister McKenna is saying, you know, respectfully, I don't think many people think that a government's going to tax you and you're going to end up with more money at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You don't believe that they're going to give those rebates out or you think that maybe just in an election year? Well, it is it is an election year, and I think a lot of people are suspicious of politicians on a good day, but particularly in an election year. And uh, and and also, people are confused. Uh, you know, you're taking money away, and then you're giving money back. Um, uh, it's supposed to be to change behavior because they don't want people to drive cars, and I don't know what they expect people to do in Canada in terms of heating their homes. But but at the end of the day, uh, Libby, uh, we have a plan that we launched in November that is going to tackle climate change. We already know that Ontario's done more to fight climate change than any other province, uh, where we've done more progress in terms of GHG reduction than the targets that uh, the federal government set. So this isn't a tax we need, and it's not a tax that's uh, going to help the environment. The federal minister of the environment is, is calling foul on you. She said that, uh, true, that Ontario has made progress, but that's because of what the liberal government uh, has done, and now you're trying to horn in and take credit for it. 
You know, you know, governments like to take credit for, for things. This was something that was started under a progressive conservative government uh, in terms of the first coal-fired plants. But truthfully, Libby, it's people who pay for these things. It's businesses that pay for these things. So when we talk about the targets that were agreed to by, by that minister, um, they wanted to reduce greenhouse gases by 30% by 2030. Ontario has reduced its greenhouse gases by 22%. Now, that's compared to the rest of Canada. It's gone up 3%. And so... We believe that our plan will get that last 8%, again, the targets that she hit. Um, and, you know, it's Ontarians that have, have paid for that. We also have to balance the fact that people are taxed a great deal. And we don't need another unnecessary tax. We don't need another drive clean that isn't doing the job, but is costing people millions and millions of dollars. We have some very uh, uh, celebrated economists who say that a carbon tax is the cheapest way to fight climate change. What do you say to them? Well, economists will have their, their point of view, um, you know, but, but at the end of the day, what economists also say is that the carbon charge, the, the, the price per ton of a carbon tax would need to be 200 to $300 a ton. Some say as much as $3,000 to have the effect they want, which is to change people's behavior. Well, Libby, this tax is starting at $20 a ton. So when we talk about a charge of $0.05 cents going up to over 11 or $0.12, cents, which is the current plan, for, if those economists are correct, to make it work, you're going to be talking about a 30% 30 cent per liter increase in gas tax. So if that's what Catherine McKenna has in mind, then that's what she should be saying. We're going to put up gas by 30 cents a liter. That's not what they're saying. And I get back to it. We have a plan. The plan is laid out. It's you know 53-page document. It lays out very clearly how we can fight climate change without a carbon tax. I think one of the pe- uh, things people don't get, there is a tax on this tax. That's HST. And do you have a sense of how much it might cost to actually do this accounting, to collect it and then give it back? You know, there are so many um, things that aren't well organized, and I'm not sure if the, if the federal government's distracted by something right now, but, you know, we've had, for instance, the question you raised about the, the cost of collection. Uh, we have the Ontario Energy Board who hasn't been able to implement what Enbridge said, which they, Enbridge, by the way, is saying an 11% increase in natural gas prices because the federal government hadn't gotten the rules to them in time. Libby, we've got businesses, uh, many small businesses that are very concerned because they keep hearing about rebates, but, but they don't know what that means, and some larger businesses that are very concerned about their competitiveness. So, I mean, this is a bad tax. It's, it's an unnecessary tax, but it's also being badly implemented. And I, I think I think that that's a real concern because, uh, you know, again, the government uh, keeps saying that they're going to tax you and put more money in your pocket. I'll go back to that. Uh, I haven't met anybody who is very confident about that yet. You're taking the your government is taking uh, the federal government to court. Uh, that's another thing uh, that they were slamming you for. Uh, how much is that going to cost taxpayers? And can you update it, us on where that is? Well, the the court case, and now we are along now with four provinces. Uh, Saskatchewan has already taken the federal government to court. And this is because we believe the tax that they're putting in place is unconstitutional. You know, actually, if you get a chance when you're talking to the minister to get her to call it a carbon tax, we've had to take them to court just to admit this is a, a tax. They keep calling it something else. But um, but ourselves um, and, and three other provinces are taking them to, to court. Um, you know, we've We've said all along we will use all the resources that we required, all the tools in our toolkit to fight this because we're very concerned about our competitiveness. But something else, Libby, people people don't all realize. Um, there are four 
four provinces taking them to court. But you also have Alberta, which I'll remind everybody is an NDP province that doesn't support this government's climate plan. You have PI, which is a liberal government that doesn't support this province or this federal government's climate plan. So she's got a majority of provinces and a majority of people in this country uh, from provinces that don't support what they're doing. And um, I think that's because people realize you don't need a carbon tax to fight climate change. Okay. And and, and again, how much is that court challenge going to cost us? Uh, you know, so, you know, so far, again, the, we'll, we'll know that at the end of the court challenge, but, uh, but we were clear that uh, we were going to use all the tools required. Uh, we've been able to use our own internal lawyers a great deal to this point, and hopefully we'll continue to do that. But, but we'll absolutely, uh, when, that, when, you know, when the court case is done, we'll know what it costs. But what we know is it's costing Ontarians almost five cents a litre more for gas starting today, and that $648 per family, that's, that's going to be a big hit in 2022, and hopefully we can change their minds. Okay, Rob Phillips, Minister of the Environment, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Libby. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, right now I am going to bring in Peter Tabbins, and he is the NDP critic on climate change. Hi, Peter. Hey, Libby. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? I'm well. I'm assuming that you were listening to what Rod Phillips has been saying. uh, I was indeed. And what is your reaction? Well, I guess there are a few reactions I have. The first is that we actually need an effective climate strategy here in Ontario, an effective climate plan. We don't have one now. Uh, What was put forward by the Conservatives was roundly panned. Uh, It's a plan to pay big emitters for them to reduce emissions, something that was tried in Australia and failed. It's a plan that won't actually protect us or our children or our grandchildren from climate change. Um, He's playing around at the edges, but it's not actually taking on the problem. And I, when I talk to people, they want to make sure that our, our lakes are clean, our rivers are clean, and that climate change is dealt with. And we certainly won't see it with the plan that the Conservatives have brought forward. Now, he says, uh, and other people agree, I think, that we are actually doing better than the other provinces. Uh, granted, it probably has a lot to do with what previous governments put in, but is that not the case? Well, A, um, we have one of the weakest climate plans in the world. We're, we're right down there with China and Russia. Uh, and it's recognized internationally that we're really a poor performer. So if we're doing better in Ontario than the rest of the country, uh, that just says we're, we're way at the back of the pack. Uh, the, the previous government did put some things into effect, uh, not as much as they should have. Uh, and certainly this government is going to is not going to help us. In fact, this government, by abandoning the cap-and-trade program, has put us into a more expensive program with the federal carbon tax. And on top of all that, Libby, we're going to pay $30 million for this lawsuit against the federal government. A lawsuit. Okay, you have a number. Rod Phillips would not give us one. Well, that was the number that was given out when the, the plan was launched last year. I went to the press conference. It's $30 million. Uh, it's a pretty pricey plan, and we just found out in the papers this morning that the Ford government is going to be launching a television ad campaign against the carbon tax. Um, and we don't know how many millions that is. I mean, that one I don't have a number for. Um, but all of this has a lot to do with the coming federal election and this government spending money, I think, to support the federal Conservative Party. And I don't think people in Ontario see that as a good use of their tax dollars. I certainly don't. Uh-huh. And uh, do you think that the carbon tax is a better idea than uh, what they have going now, or you wish we would have kept the cap-and-trade? Well, I think we should have kept the cap-and-trade because it was focused on, on the big emitters. 
that's where the the big emissions are, big pollution is coming from. They have greater financial resources. Um, and it's a plan that actually would have put money back into people's pockets to make their homes more energy efficient, to reduce their energy bills, and also take on climate change. Uh, what we've got with uh, Doug Ford's and Rod Phillips' plan is the worst of all possible worlds. We have higher prices, less of a focus on the big polluters, and less help for people to actually cut their energy bills. That's what we need, and that's not what we have. What about the rebates that the federal government is going to be giving us back on our taxes? Well, I, I think people will probably be happy to get a rebate. Um, but again, they're going to be paying more because Doug Ford chose to accept the carbon tax rather than continue with the cap and trade. And I think that even with the rebate, we would have been better off with the cap and trade program that was in place that he cancelled, along with cutting funding for hospitals and schools uh, to cut their energy use, cut their energy bills, and cut their pollution. Uh, what the, the Conservatives are doing, what Ford's doing in this province, is undermining action on climate change, increasing people's bills, and not actually helping the schools, the hospitals um, that need the help. I don't see this as a, a good step forward. I see it as a big step backwards. Okay. Thank you so much for that, Peter Tabbins. Real pleasure. Thanks again, Libby. Take oh, care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Let's take a couple of calls before we get to our next guests. We've got Gordon in Mississauga. Hi, Gordon. Good morning, Libby. How are you? Fine. Good afternoon. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> April Fool. Yeah, wakey-wakey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> agreed. Go ahead, you're on the air. Okay, I'm one of these uh, disgruntled liberals who's becoming totally disenchanted with this prime minister we have. Uh, this tax that uh, our, prime, our premier is fighting, I'm on his side on this. The gasoline from 4 to 5 plus the HST on top of that, our home heating natural gas is going up. Airline and rail will be going up. Oh, I forgot to mention that. Thank you. Domestic air travel yeah. going up, going to go up quite a lot. Well, it, it always goes up when, when fuel costs go up. No kidding. It always goes up, period. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. Anyhow, uh, I really get a kick out of listening to the NDP be critical of everybody but themselves. It's... Uh, <clears throat> really what you would call an informed opinion about things. But anyways, uh, there is an election coming forward in the fall of this year, and uh, my wish to Mr. Trudum is that uh, if I have my way, you're gone. Okay. Well, thank you for that, Gordon. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's hear from Rafi in Scarborough. Hello, Rafi. Yeah, hi, Libby. Um, I hate to say this, but today it's an omen day in Canada. It's, it's April Fool's Day, but my goodness, gas prices went up, the carbon tax, TTC fare went up, and the more money the politicians have is like they still complain they want more money. Like I just feel like packing my bags and leave the country. I want back my, my Canadian tire membership. I want back my... my um, um, That'll my, cost my you more money membership. too. Right, packing your bags, getting out yeah, of here—that'll cost more. And go because Canada is the most taxing country in the entire universe. Mm. And guess what? They never have any money. They have—they never have any money. 
Well, I, I don't so, know about that. Maybe not yeah. in the universe, but... Yeah, uh, but, but um, Libby, this is what you call taxpayers' terrorism. This is exactly what it is. What gives the right the government to impose taxes? Uh, oh, that's a long story. They yeah. they certainly have the right, and you have the right to vote against them. Rafi, thanks for your call. Okay, thanks, Libby. Bye-bye. Okay, now I am going to bring in Ryan Malo, who is the Director of Provincial Affairs for Ontario for the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, and Dale Marshall, who is the National Climate Program Manager at Environmental Defense. Thank you both for joining us. Thanks for having me. Okay, all together now. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> small business says that they will end up bearing much of the cost of this because it's very unclear what rebates or exceptions they may be eligible for. Can you please go through that for us? Yeah, absolutely. When we've broken it down, we're finding that small businesses are paying about half of the carbon tax. Um, but they're only seeing about 7% of the uh, rebate money coming back, the rest of that going to households. So it becomes yet another policy where small businesses are left holding the bill. And that's bad enough on its own, but in the greater picture, that's on top of the first year of seven years in a row of CPP increases we're seeing. It's coming off of a year with a major spike in the minimum wage, coming off of years of increased hydro costs. So all in all, it's just a, a sort of snowball effect and yet another thing hammering small businesses in the province. Uh, can you just go through that? Uh, where is the 7, uh, 7% rebate coming from? And Because uh, the intention, in my understanding, is to target the really big polluters. So on the rebate side, everyone has heard at this point of the, the households getting the money back through their income tax. The government has also promised uh, $1.5 billion over the next five years to go towards the mush sector. What's been frustrating for small business owners is there's been very little detail around how that money is going to be spent and what it's going towards. So we know that there's money that's been earmarked to help. We know that it's nowhere near what they'll be paying into the system, um, but we don't know what that help is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And so how did you come up with 7%? Um, that's what our, our economist and research team um, came up with uh, when they broke down the numbers. Um, and it's based on, you know, the government's uh, fond of that saying when it comes to the rebate for household owners that they'll actually be better off, um, that the, what they're paying into the system, they'll be getting back more in those rebates on their income tax. And I mean, that, that comes off the back of someone and with the big industrial producers getting uh, either partial exemptions or, or some sort of help, the people that are caught in the middle paying without that help is the small business community. Okay, let's bring in Dale Marshall. Hello, Dale. Hi. So what is your reaction to what you've been hearing from Ryan, what you've been hearing from our callers who generally are not thrilled about a new tax? Right. I mean, Ryan has a point in terms of the transparency when it comes to small and medium-sized enterprises. We still don't know how that money is going to be redistributed to um, to those businesses. Um, what we do know a lot more about is how the rebates will affect households. And we know already exactly how much um, households are going to get, depending on which province they live in and depending on uh, the size of the family. And so essentially, this is, this, this is a measure that's going to be um, that's that's going to put uh, seven out of ten families uh, in 
in the black. That's gonna it's gonna help them more than it's gonna hurt them in terms of increased fuel prices. A, a lot and of people, is, I'm just they it, it, just in terms of the numbers, mm-hmm. don't believe those numbers. Just you know, a lot of people commute. They commute by car because they don't have other options for whatever reason. And this will just to start with increase gas prices, their gas bill a lot, a lot more than you know. Uh, $240 a year. Uh, and then there's, you know, I'm sure food costs will be passed along and all of that. So uh, what makes you believe that particular math? Well, I mean, the government showed the data on this. Like, as I said before, there is a lack of transparency when it comes to SMEs. Um, but the they laid out the the data with respect to fuel usage in Canada. All that data is publicly available. Um so, I mean, people can decide, and this is mostly because of rhetoric from those who oppose this measure. People can decide that this is a tax grab or this is, you know, there's no way I'm going to get that money back. But, you know, the government is, is doing this. They are, they have shown their numbers on, with respect to the rebate to individuals and households. Um, so, and, and again, like what I would go back to overall is like, this is a measure that's, it's not, all we need, but it is a measure that we need in order to to tackle climate change, in order to improve the health of Canadians, in order to make renewable energy more affordable. I mean, this these we have, you know, according to the science, we have 11 years to turn this thing around, or else we're going to see disastrous impacts around the world. And and so this is a this to me seems like a measure that makes sense, especially since most people are going to be better off financially, in addition to the the benefits of actually dealing with carbon pollution. What makes you believe that this is the right way to change behavior? Well, it's not the only way to change behavior, but we know that this is a, this is a fair and effective tool. Um, BC put into place uh, a very similar measure more than a decade ago, and what they found in that province was that fuel usage did go down, and so there are less there's less carbon pollution in the country, in the province and bc was one of the leading provinces in terms of economic growth over that period um you look at last year before ontario took away its carbon pricing system the four provinces that had a carbon price in place had the greatest economic growth in canada so we know that we can have we can put into place measures that can address carbon pollution and still have thriving economies. And so I don't know why we, we shouldn't do that, especially given, I mean, I know that people are more and more aware of the climate crisis. Like this is something we need to do something about. I care a lot about my kids and the ki- the, the future they're going to inherit. And so I, these are the kinds of measures that we need to put into place. And when they're designed in a way that most people are better off economically, to me, it just seems like a no brainer. Uh, Ryan, uh, how do you respond to what Dale's been saying? And, and, and just a note on that. Yes, overall, the econ, the economy has been looking good, but m- so many people feel like they just cannot afford life here. Absolutely. And, and I want to start by saying that, you know, our, our members agree to that there, the climate crisis does need to be addressed. It's something that's real. It's something that, uh, impacts business owners, be it farmers having to till the land or someone on the, uh, other end of that at the final point of sale. Um, our concern is that 
this policy unfairly burdens small businesses with taking that on. You know, the, again, the biggest guys, the largest emitters, uh, they're getting offsets. The uh, individual driving is incentivized through that income tax rebate to maybe change up their car, but they don't have to. They're not actually going to be any worse off if they keep their gas guzzler going because that rebate is coming. Small businesses don't get that same benefit. And on top of all the other things that are hitting small businesses, again, what it's going to cause is a reduction in their ability to uh, invest in things, not just their employees or their business, but also in environmental measures, which is something they have been doing and would like to continue to do. Things like retrofitting their buildings or uh, switching out their lights for more energy efficient bulbs. Um, so I, I think what we, we absolutely agree that we need something to tackle climate change. And I agree that there's serious urgency there, but this policy unfairly burdens small businesses without tackling the greater problem. Um, and as Mr. Uh, Marshall alluded to, um, I don't think this is going to be it. There, there are going to be other policies that come in and the question is going to be how does that impact uh, the small business community as well. Okay. Uh, we're starting to run out of time. So, Dale Marshall, what would you like to leave us with on this? Uh, I mean, essentially what I've said already, which is this is we're in a crisis. We have to deal with this problem. Um, we can't leave any tools in the toolbox. And so carbon price is going to be a part of it, as well as other measures that are going to have to come into place. Um, and not only BC, but countries around the world have shown that they can put those into place and still have um, strong economies uh, and, and, and good standards of living. And Ryan, uh, bottom line uh, on the impact on your members? Uh, it's going to be significant. I think we're going to see it uh, start to increase over time as the carbon tax increases. And what we would encourage the federal government to do is to regroup, uh, talk with those provinces that have the federal carbon backstop and find a solution that uh, works for everybody and isn't just one size fits all. Okay. Thank you so much. Ryan Malo, Director of Provincial Affairs for Ontario at the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, and Dale Marshall, the National Climate Program Manager at Environmental Defence. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.